The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome back to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. I wanted to say before we introduce. Welcome back. You mean welcome, welcome to oh, really fuck. this week? I always you do always that. say welcome back. Well, dude. I'm well, not going to restart. Always back from last week. Yeah, exactly. We're like, hello, everyone. You've thought about us yeah. every day since last week. So welcome back to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. Well, Darren, people have thought about us every day because it's Lesbian Visibility Week. We celebrated Lesbian Visibility Day. We had a viral hit, in my opinion, on Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram. We did. We did. We, we did. had thousands of shares. Andy called me on Lesbian Visibility Day and he was like, happy Lesbian Visibility Day, Darren. And I said, well, thank you, Andy. I said, I'm sure you're thinking in your mind, you want more lesbians to be visible. That's got to be at the top of your agenda. <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm very happy to have a lesbian in my camp. So Andy Cohen, supporter of Lesbian Visibility Day. Well, there you go. And speaking, I love that about Andy. And speaking about yes. viral hits. I almost thought you said Lesbian Visibility Day, and I was like, uh, Paige is not a lesbian, but I wish she was. You never know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we've got Viral Hit, Giggly Squad, Summer House, like fashion extraordinaire. Your makeup is fantastic today. Paige Sorbo on the podcast at the top of the hour, and we are so thrilled. Thank you so much. I've been wanting to come on for so long. Is it because you have scissored before and needed to do it again? Again, Paige, or no? First of all, Darren, scissoring isn't a thing. <laughs> I thought you would know that. Second <laughs> of all, um, no, I've been asking. I'm like, when am I going on Darren's podcast? Like, what what is the perfect Thank timing? You. And I feel like I feel like we nailed it with the timing. We, yeah. we did, and this was a Liz Cully special. I gotta say, because Liz is the of the two of us, which this isn't saying much, Paige, because you know me. She's the fashionista amongst us. I, I tell am not. when I came on with the leopard. I could tell. Leopard is a neutral. Leopard is I'm a new in a t-shirt. Wait, this is, I hate to do this, but I have to t- take this for quickly. Take Hello? a call. Okay, you can send it up to my apartment. Thank you so much. Sorry, what that was strippers my gr- are you getting sent to your apartment? <laughs> that was, no, it was my Instacart, like my groceries. Oh, and if I don't oh. answer, then they leave them downstairs and then I have to bring them up by what myself. Is and it's just like, who What does do a it? Paige DeSorbo grocery list look like? Like mm. three things on your list. Okay. What are you getting every time? I have to know. LaCroix. There's, mm. I always have LaCroix in Which my refrigerator. Flavor? Yeah. I don't discriminate, except I hate key lime. If you have of key course. lime, I can't okay. discuss. I don't like key lime either. Pistachio ice cream. I always have pistachio ice cream in my freezer. Sophisticated. And, and, a, and an assortment of cheese. If you want cheese... I got, God, I got only hot skinny girls. I know. <laughs> like love you dairy, or dude. like Hannah or even you, Darren, can say that yeah. shit. Because if you were a girl like me who is constantly on a diet, yes, I do have ice cream and assortment of cheese and LaCroix right over here on the other <laughs> side of this wall. But I think I would lie. I would think I'd be like, well, I have like nut milk and I've <laughs> no. got, you know, protein powder. But hot skinny girls always are going to go with ice Thank cream so also a, a very sophisticated flavor like pistachio she's a sophisticated lady she's very sophisticated but Paige the reason you're here is because you are the the fashionista of Bravo I would say that you yeah. 
know how to talk about looks, but you're also like the most fashionable of, of all of, of the Bravo lebs that I personally know. Sorry, Hannah, but I got to <laughs> give it to Paige. I didn't mean to say it, but I got to give it to you. So we actually want to do a fun game and play some fun reunion looks for you. Okay. But what I want to know before we get into that, because this is airing on Friday. So part one of Summer House Reunion will have just aired. Who was the best dressed at the Summer House Reunion and who was the worst dressed at the Summer House Reunion? Okay, first of all, Darren, I commend you for trying to totally set me up with my cast. (laughs) You've met them. You've met them. They're absolutely insane. If I give you who was the worst dressed, I'd be out of the house. (laughs) So it's Hannah. So it's It's Hannah. Hannah. (laughs) You want to know what? I told Hannah all day long at the reunion, I kept turning to her and saying, this is the best you've ever looked. And then I started to feel like I was insulting her because I was like, no, like I've never seen you look better. And she was like, no, thank you. Like I heard you. Thank you so much. And I was like, no, you've never looked. It's like when you tell someone, you're like, oh my God, you look so thin, which is a great compliment. But then you're like, then they're like, did I look fat last time I saw you? That's how I felt. That's how I felt. I was like, no, you look amazing. But did you guys have to coordinate? Because it was interesting because typically with reunion looks, they'll go white or silver gold or, you know, like black or or whatever. And I feel like you guys were really... Kind of similar to Southern Charms reunion, a little bit of an eclectic bunch. And yet you all made so much sense. Mm -hmm. What was the brief? We had no direction. We had no brief. (laughs) Really? We just were told no white, no black and like summery colors. And so I didn't know how dressy people were getting. I talked to like some of the girls and we knew that we were sticking to like short dresses if we were doing dresses I knew Amanda was wearing pants. So we really just went with like what we would wear in the Hamptons on a night out. I mean, I went like a little bit fancier, but that's me. I knew no one was going to as fancy as me. Yeah, I had to. And, 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 and Liz, I almost found it offensive for Paige when you compared him to Southern Charm because Southern Charm is like so preppy and like. No, I just meant like in the sense that the housewives go so like specific and I felt yeah. like yeah. Southern Charm, which I... I thought the looks were, they were preppy and kind of weird and all over the place. There is part of me that wants to go on one episode of Southern Charm just so I can feel what it feels like to wear a Lily Pulitzer dress. I just want to see what it's like. Because you're never going to do that otherwise. I'm never going to do it. Like you, yeah, you got to be paid to do it. Otherwise you're not putting that thing in. You, even Paige DeSorbo has limits, people. That's what we've learned today on this podcast. Yes. How many outfits do you have to bring on one of the shows? Like, how, mm. like how, how many bags of great question, <laughs> great question, great question, <laughs> like suit, like how many bags you had the most suitcases page you had to have. I had the most suitcases this summer. I had a moving company Stop. move my clothes in this I summer can't, I can't because we were person. there for six weeks, but usually when we're just there on the weekends, I plan my outfits by events. So I will think to myself, okay, I need at least two day outfits because you never know. Then I need like a bathing suit look. Then I need a nighttime outfit. So I like go through it like that. So I know what each outfit is. And then I sometimes will take pictures of my outfit so that I'll remember what I picked out and what jewelry goes with what. And living with Hannah, like rooming with Hannah was real eye-opening because she would get there and she would open her suitcase and she would just take things out. And I'd be like, well, what does that go with? What are you wearing that with? And she's like, well, I don't know. And I was like, (laughs) she's like, it's a crop top. It goes with whatever. I was like, I think I'm going to, 
I think I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> Hannah yeah. loves a crop top this season. She's like, it's shorts and a crop top and like a platform <laughs> yeah. meal. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. yeah. So I usually, I'm good at packing though. Like okay. I'm good at rolling things up. So like traveling with me is not a problem because I will keep it to one suitcase. I'm like a MacGyver when it comes to packing. I'm like that too. I'm like that too, but that's just because I only take like five black t-shirts and like one pair of pants for like a month. And I'm like, I'm good. No one's going to know. I had a boyfriend one time take me on a European vacation, told me I could only pack in a carry-on. I fucking nailed it. I absolutely nailed it. I wanted to break up with him just because he told me to only take a carry-on, but I love a challenge. And I did it. But like, how many shoes did you take? I took, I think I took about five pairs, but the secret is like putting them on the bottom and then you really have to roll your clothes up. That's And you can stuff them in the shoe as well. Yes. That's a trick that a lot of people don't know. Oh, a girl. I know the tricks. I I got, but like one carry on, I'm very impressed. Like I thought I was the only like tomboy girl who could pull that off. But I will say Paige, it's a good fly on the wall experience to see Darren and I like at a shoot together because I will bring 100 options. Yeah. You have to. (laughs) Yep. You have to. And Darren's like, yeah, I just thought this like was good. Darren and I have shared clothes. If you can believe that we have shared clothes. Paige, this bitch, we had a shoot and you didn't even see our fucking feet. And this bitch wore heels well, for the shoot. Paige. And I was like, no, Liz, what? I'm going to back you up on this one. No, I mean, Paige, it. I mean, is it, this is psychotic. Heels are a lot more than just seeing them. It changes your posture. Thank you. It changes your mood. You it look changes, skinnier. You look skinnier because your leg, like you feel like your legs are longer. It's, it's a feeling, Darren. Okay. All Thank right. you. Okay. Well, I think that's a great segue. It is because I need Paige's like ultimate okay. opinion on fashion because fashion to me, Paige, and I date a very fashionable person as Liz Kelly will tell you. True. But fashion to me is like sometimes when I, there's like everyday like Zara items and I can be like, that's nice. Like there's classic items. Like I love blazers. Great look. But then there's things like couture and on the runway. And I'm like, how is that clothes? How is that fashion? Like, is the goal to be so ugly that it's fashion? And sometimes, as we know, the housewives can bring Mm -hmm. out a look that apparently is $9,000 that to me looks like an art and crafts project. So we needed to bring in the artillery, which is you, to kind of break down each one of these epic reunion outfits that Liz Cully has culled together. Wait, I'm so excited. Well, can I also say... (laughs) That I was Googling like epic reunion looks and it just was very funny because Dorinda kept coming up, which is not (laughs) what what would make sense to me at all. So I'm a good style. So let's um, discuss here and see. I will say this before we start. Just because it's expensive does not mean it looks good. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Sure. So let's okay. go with and that. And I do think that most people are like, if I spend $800, I'm going to look good. I'm going to look flawless. No. But sometimes a $400 t-shirt is a four. Uh, okay. This is Leah McSweeney. Okay, okay. We all have to be very nice because this is one of my closest friends. So. Okay. And it's Leah. Come on. I will say I am a Leah stan. I love yes. her. I think she is. Just like, not only is she stunning and gorgeous, and I think she's funny, I think she's like a great role model for young girls who are watching Housewives now because she's just so real, but whatever. That's, I digress with that. Her outfit. If I looked like that, I get it. I would wear sheer too if I had that body. I don't love it. 
It was a little Mortal Kombat, and I've said is that to her face. Is it too revealing, or is it too asymmetrical? Why? Like, because her body obviously looks great in it. It's too much. It's too many moving parts. I don't know where to look first. Fair. So if mm-hmm. I don't know where to look first, I, I can't. I have to look away. And I feel like she's so much prettier than this outfit. Yeah. You know what I mean? What do you feel about matching masks to your outfit like a lot oh, of a lot it. of celebs did it okay so you're I into that it. i like sag yeah. awards and everything okay so the mask you like in this the mask i like i actually also i love the gloves and i you love do. the sheer element like sheer is very in i just don't love the way it's put together in this okay it's very funky very it's funky. very funky. it's something but you, But there, here's another thing like i would consider myself pretty fashionable but in the same breath I've worn a lot of things that people hate. If you feel good in it, and she might have put this on and been like, I'm the baddest bitch, then wear it. Yeah. Who cares? I can tell you that she definitely felt like the baddest bitch. Okay. She is a bad bitch. We have another quarantine look. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Denise Richards in this like pink kind of nighty sitch. And I just. And And let me just say this up front because Silk tends to be hard to wear because it wrinkles so easily. Like yeah. if you sit down, you see a crease, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of like the the shittiness of it. So we are seeing a couple wrinkles, but I think it's just because she sat down in it. So I don't necessarily want to like. The wrinkles don't bother me as much. Here's the other thing about being, I think, being a good, like a fashionable person okay. is knowing what's age appropriate and what's mm. not. Like, I think that's a really integral part of dressing well and wearing the perfect outfit for the perfect occasion. I don't love this because I don't think it's appropriate. Like, I really don't. I don't think a mom should be in a silk, hot pink little, like, dress. I don't love it for the reunion. It does nothing for her. She's way too pretty to just wear, like, a this little slip dress. But she also right. is not one that cares about fashion. So she might have just thought it was a pretty color and put it on. Do you like that she doesn't care about fashion? I mean, here you have this like bombshell Denise Richards, all the money in the world, so could be fashionable. Do you kind of like that she's not? It doesn't. Or do you wish that she like, was? It doesn't do anything for me. I don't care. Like my Hannah is my best friend. She could give a shit less, and I'm yeah. like, cool. Well, because she's the worst dressed on Summer House, according to you, Paige. <laughs> she just, uh, <laughs> because she just sometimes I'm just like, where did you get that? Yeah. Here's a here's a Jill Zarin look that is. <laughs> Well, I think you have to describe for the listeners, right? Because as we're recording this, I'm like, well, we're going to make this a video. But we're going to definitely have to describe. This was what? Season one or season two? I think this was season two. Very early of Roni. Okay. She's wearing a Team Jill. I'm going to describe how I see it. And then Paige can give better. She's wearing a Team Jill V-neck tank top t-shirt that's hugging her boobs mm-hmm. and it looks very ed hardy to me yeah mardi, were to gras, put it mardi gras vibes that's exactly what i was thinking mm, i mean okay. <laughs> she was making a statement for whatever reason she needed people to be on team jill so like go off do what you need to do <laughs> but i don't think like wearing a team and then your own name is something i would do Fair. No, I think that's it. Will you wear a Team Darren shirt, Paige? Just so I know. Of course. In case I'm making oh, of course. In case we're making merch. That's different. Just want to know. Now, I had to bring in Salt Lake here. And Meredith Marks. Meredith Marks hot. is so fucking hot. Like, hot. I know her face. I, I can't. I can't look her directly in the eye when she's on the screen. she's hot. 
Because she's, she's too hot or why? Because she's too pretty. I know. Yeah. And she's like Benjamin Button. Like if you yeah. look at photos of her and set like from before, she mm-hmm. just keeps looking better. And this outfit is sort of like a tux, like a bronze tuxedo mm-hmm. with a little dress. bit of patent leather dress. And her boobs were like really on and popping during really the reunion. Reunion. What do you feel about having boobs or like new boobs? Because that happens a lot. Just yeah. like on and popping for the look, reunion. If I had bigger boobs, they'd be out all the time. You'd see them everywhere. But I actually am not a huge cleavage person. Okay. I think it huh. cheapens a lot of outfits. Okay. Like here's a perfect example of someone who does it well. Amanda Batula has gorgeous, huge, like double D boobs. Okay. Never you cheapens never an it. outfit. She always somehow like makes it work. And like when she wants to do cleavage, she does it. With Meredith, I think Meredith has an amazing fashion sense and I love a yes. lot of things that she wears. I do like this dress. I do wish that it was a little less booby. You do? I do. I do. God, I was really jazzed for the boobs. But I do, when, but like, I think she looked stunning. I think she actually looked the best from that reunion. I agree. And when like, when J-Lo came out with that, like when they first had that thing, like 20 years ago, when she put like the double-sided tape, the Versace dress, did you hate that? I didn't hate that because that's such an iconic J-Lo look. I don't think I would be able to wear it because... Actually, I would be able to wear it because I feel like I have small boobs. I don't know. There's something about really big boobs and them just being totally out. I think it just like cheapens certain th- looks. Yeah. I get it. That's why I keep going back and forth about fake boobs, just to cheapen myself. Not for your, <laughs> for yourself? No, I'm kidding. No. I, Sweetie, we're I moving on. had to bring in S- Sonia's insane, like, I will say the <laughs> this to me- Felt scary. Like I felt. I just got scared. She looks like a Spider-Man villain a little bit to me. So this was Sonia last season, New York as well. Leah, Mm -hmm. we talked about, had like the coordinating sheer mask, sheer outfit. This was just like, I feel like she's a fin dom. Like this is her fin dom profile photo. Like she should have a whip. Yeah, exactly. Paige, do you know what a fin dom is? Um, I feel like as process of elimination in my brain of like vocabulary words, like a woman who's the dominant. No, but like it's financially dominant when you force someone to give you well force. I mean, it's consensual, right? It's not like right, a, right, it's right. not like a, <laughs> right. you know, you you by way of let's not get uh, by a sexual kink is you financially dominate them and they have to give you money. Your money. Okay, so I like want in on that. Yeah, no, you want to be a fin dom. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) This is, I taught Liz this this phrase like last week and she was like, are you serious? And I was like, no, that's an actual kink. It's an actual thing that people do. Yes, and willingly. Like, please go on my My Teresa cart, which is just (laughs) chock full of Givenchy and Saint Laurent new season. Like I have shit that I want. Yeah. So if somebody, I will fin dom the shit out of someone, but I will do it dressed <laughs> as Sonia reunion, New York season. It is a little villainy, but I do think the mask is like, it offers something. That's what I would say. It offers something. It's, it's unique. I'm not going to forget that look. I think the mask ruins the whole look because I don't think the dress is that bad. I actually think the dress yeah. is nice. I like the dress. I think she looked good. I think she looked age appropriate. Also, she's looking phenomenal. Phenomenal. Lately. Insane. 
I think the mask was too much with the collar. I think if she just went like a, uh, I think if she wore like a chic, simple mask like Leo was wearing, just like a sheer black, it would have looked way better. better. Oh, Mm -hmm. I agree. Okay, hold on. A few more here, I think, right? Yeah, a couple more. This is actually Kim Zolciak's (laughs) very first reunion. I remember this look. And what we've got is very much like, I think that she was, uh, Manning the blackjack table yep. at a casino exactly in Atlantic City after they ro- did the a reunion. A yellow silk button down, right? It, With it, a vest. Underneath a, no, underneath a black tuxedo vest. Yeah. I know this was years ago. I know this was years ago, but years ago, I still don't think that was in style. <laughs> like, I don't care what year it was. I don't think I would have ever liked that outfit. And it also just like, not the, and I am not shaming. Here's the thing. I'm down. I get tons of Botox and fillers in my face. It's whatever to me. I'm not hating on the game. But yeah. she just doesn't even look like, it's just she a completely, completely different person. What's it's impressive crazy. to me and Paige, you, you've you been on a Bravo show for now a few years. Mm-hmm. Like you can probably speak to it. You always know a first season versus an eighth season housewife yeah. or summer house or something like that. And this is clearly first season. But I kind of give it as a androgynously dressed, like tomboyish girl myself. I call myself a chapstick lesbian. I kind of give it up to this like very femme woman kind of mm-hmm. coming out in like, a tuxedo suit. Like we don't see that anymore. I agree with that because I actually love wearing men's clothing. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of pants that I have that I will buy men's and get it tailored because I just think they fit better. I love an oversized button up, like with a crop top underneath. I, and I think it's very in style right now. So I love like a pantsuit. I love that vibe. Here's the thing with Kim. Like I don't like the yellow. I don't like the silk. Wait, can I ask you both a question really quickly? Why does Lisa Vanderpump like only wear silky satin button downs like this and also wears tuxedo like vests? Such a good question. I've thought about that a lot too. I I was going to say maybe it's like a British thing. I don't know. Like it could be like a Sharon Osbourne thing too. Like maybe it's like a British-y thing. Lisa knows her like, I think she knows her body shape really well and knows what works for her. I have like a not too dissimilar body shape to Lisa Vanderpump, not to digress, because I may or may not have touched her butt allegedly. (laughs) And I just like when I wear pantsuits, I look I'm just so curvy. I look ridiculous in them. So I just it's not for me. I'm always like a line. Go with an a line. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a trouser. Like you could wear a trouser. You would look very good in a trouser. I just had to throw candy real housewives of Atlanta. Speaking of fin doms and, and dominate, they all really went in this vibe, which was like black leather whips and chains. And well, candy, because of the bachelorette, because right. of the bachelorette. Right, right. But candy took this to like Betty page, new heights. And I'd love to get your vibe. Was on it. this the most, re- when was that? It was the most recent reunion because they were, it was supposed to be like the bolo bachelorette, Cynthia Bailey. That was like Got the it. theme for it. So dominatrixy kind of thing. <sighs> I mean, there's a theme. It was a theme. It was a theme. I think she looks good. I, and she nailed the theme. Am I, would I pick this outfit to like go out on a Saturday night? Absolutely not. But if there's a theme, you want to be the best at it. And I think she looks really good for the theme. I don't like her hair though. Yeah. The Betty Page hair. I don't like the bang. 
Yeah, it's I don't strange. Like that. Um, okay, hold on. I want to do one more. I feel like this I like one, that case. So good. We've got to end the the segment on Bronwyn from Real Housewives because it is Lesbian Visibility Week. So I did want to have and a she lesbian. described it as lesbian chic. This outfit as lesbian oh, chic. She okay. personally described it as Laura Croft lesbian chic. Paige, no offense taken about lesbian chic, but we've never seen a Real Housewife come in with some combat boots. Yeah. Okay. So that's new, which I love a combat the, the, boot. The Gucci combat boots were good. I stand for that. But what do you think? I do love that, like a juxtaposition of a combat boot and a really girly dress. I love that look. I also, I love an Ariana Grande po- ponytail. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's what I like. I like the ponytail. I like the boots. I don't love the dress. I don't know what lesbian chic is. That's just not (laughs) chic. It has nothing to do with lesbians. I just don't Uh like the dress. I get what she was trying to do, and I think she could have achieved it. I just don't love, I don't love, is that polka dots on the bottom? I don't love the cutout. It is polka dot tool, actually, to be specific. Here's, I love your reaction, Paige. I I actually think Brahman has the sickest body, yada, 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 yada ever and I loved the high pony and I love the boots and I was kind of bummed because the stress was strange like to me like I think she could have leaned in harder to what she was claiming to be lesbian chic like she could have straight up had like baggy jeans like almost Madonna and come out with like a ripped white like wife beater with tons of diamonds like almost Miley Cyrus like wrecking yes. ball vibes and that Ooh, would have yeah. been fucking sick because she has the body to do it so i but appreciate she also she also could have worn like a tight body con dress and been like lesbian chic like what does lesbian chic mean i just don't get I it lesbian don't, chic what is lesbian chic that could be a paul smith suit i love a paul right? smith suit she could have came in with like a sick victoria beckham like all white yeah. suit and been like I'm lesbian chic. And I would have been like, fuck yeah, you are. Femdom me. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Femdom me. Femdom the, no, you want to femdom her. She's got oh, cash. Right, right, That's right. what you want to hear. You want to femdom her. Oh my God, I love wow. it. Wow, this is why we need to go through these reunion looks. Now, Paige, before we let you go, because we know you've had you here, I just got mm-hmm. two quick questions for you. What's one thing that if you could only wear one outfit every day for the rest of your life, you would wear? And then on the flip side of that, what's one thing that if someone was like, Paige, you need to wear this, like we're wearing it, you'd be like, absolutely fucking not. I will not be caught dead in this. Okay. Well, if I'm wearing something every single day, it's probably a pair, like my favorite jeans, like a pair of my favorite jeans, which are like a little bit baggy, but still like tight on my waist where it's like, oh, she's cute, but she's casual. And then (laughs) like some type of crop top. You love Because then crop. I guess I could like throw a blazer on or like, okay. So that would be my first thing if it's every single day. And then something I would never wear, I would like freak out if I have to wear it. Probably Pick any of Hannah type- Burner's outfits, Paige. <laughs> we know you want to. <laughs> also, we I, love Hannah. Just if she's gonna, listening. I'm only knocking her because she's I a friend. Her. That's it. Um, yeah, yeah. It would probably be some type of shoe, like because I'm very picky on shoes. Mm-hmm. Any bad like pump or just like a bad shoe in general, I cringe. I can't borrow my friend's shoes because I'm like, oh, you have horrible taste. I can't wear these. So something that's like just a bad shoe. What do we think about a kitten heel? Is it like six inch or bust or we like a kitten heel? Okay. I've recently changed my stance on a kitten heel. If you had asked me two years ago about a kitten heel, I would have said lose my number. Absolutely lose (laughs) my number. Uh, Now, kitten heels are so trendy 
I love them. They're, I've seen, a, I have a lot of kitten heels that I wear with like jeans. It's like a casual thing. But if I'm going out to a dinner, my rule is three inches or more. I have one last question before we go. We know that, or we can assume that you don't identify as a lesbian. However, mm-hmm. unless that's news to me, which I will need, I need an all points bulletin if that's if happening, I, Paige. If I ever come out, I will come out on this podcast. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's why I fucking love Paige. Um, however, if you were to go gay for mm-hmm. one night and one night only, who would you choose? Great wow. question. Wow. So I've talked about this with my girlfriends a lot. Hmm. Yeah, you have. <laughs> because we say like, okay, if you were a lesbian, what is your type? And they've all said their types. And I have a very different type than all of them. A lot of them said like girls that look like them. Yeah. I like blonde hair, blue eyes. So Liz has a better shot than I do, Paige? Are you (laughs) kidding me? Yeah, and I didn't realize it because, like, if a guy Mm. ever dates a blonde after me, I'm like, oh, oh my God. But in lesbian, like, appreciating a woman's body, I think I like blondes. So, like, I get it. Wow, I'm crushed. Other than me, who would be any, like, a a lesbian or a straight girl that you would just, like... Like a Blake Lively type, I think is my type. Great call. Blake Lively, yeah. Margot Robbie, get it, yeah, get all, it, Margot get it. Margot Robbie, all of them. They're like, they would be my ideal type. You would scissor with again Margot Robbie, Paige. Yeah, you a would, thousand percent. A hundred percent. Also, okay. I would argue that you'd scissor and then you would raid the living shit out of both of their closets because Blake, if Lively's, yeah. closet. Blake Lively's closet is like just a simple favor wardrobe I'd take. Yeah, like, that's she like, looked amazing in that. I'll take her little cuffs on that tux. I'll take yep. that and be fine. She like that wardrobe was wild. Wild, Darren, wild, wild. You Darren, you should wear something like that sometime. Yeah. Like her wardrobe from that movie. I mean, I wear a lot of suits and I wear a lot of yeah. like custom suits. I've never done like just a cuff and then kind of something like I've been building my arms in order to get to yeah. do that. Cause you can't do it unless you have like sick arms like Blake Lively does. He's just like, you can't pull it off. No, you uh, can't. But okay. Let's, let's yeah, offline I'm about not, that page. Yeah, I feel like I we could do this. To, yeah. Put an outfit together. Okay. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Little Paige just Sorba yeah. <laughs> from the Max Anissa herself. <laughs> well, Paige, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me. Where can the fans find you, follow you, ask you for fashion tips or whatever? My Instagram is Paige underscore DeSorbo. I also host on Amazon Live. I always do my fashion finds and trends. And Summer House is on Thursdays at nine, but it's almost over. So we have like two more episodes. Reunion next week. And Liz, who do we have coming up on Scissoring Isn't a Thing for this second half of the episode? Well, we've got uh, Carl. We do have Carl Radke this week. So and he's a. Uh, Carl. And he's Me a too. dear. And I think you guys will listen. I know, Darren, you're obviously so close with the Bravo Labs. I have been meeting them as we go along. And Carl was really surprising for me in so many ways. One, I found him to be. A lot like more serious than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. He's very kind. He, you know, got very, very vulnerable with us. So I would ask the listeners to also listen with kindness as well, just because I'm obviously like such an emotional sap. But I really, yeah, like I fuck with Carl. Carl can yeah, get it. I love him. No chance you date him, right, Paige? No chance. You guys Probably are like brother or sister? Not. Yeah. Now okay. it's it's gotten to the point where we're just like we're we're just friends and yeah, 
And now everyone wants it too much that you can't do Like you have to tell everyone to fuck off because everyone's like, just fucking date already. So now you just can't do it. Right. I feel like he knows me too much to ever want to date me. (laughs) It's a Summer House episode. Paige, you were great this season. You were great today. Thank you for joining us on Scissoring Isn't a Thing. All right, everyone. So today we have a good friend of mine, actually, a guy that I have known and loved for five years, a guy I tremendously respect, um, which is shocking because I usually don't respect anyone. I don't think I've ever heard that from you. Darren, this is this is a first in scissor. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, you respect someone. Now, listen, I'm not going to admit this to his face. I will admit this only via Zoom, but never when we are in person. But originally from Pittsburgh, Carl Radke is a charismatic young professional living in New York City. Can we still call you young, Carl? 36 years young. Yes. I think so. Yay! After Darren, Darren, when you're 36, we're coming for you. Trust me. In 10 years, when I'm 36, I'll let you guys know. But after years (laughs) of sales positions, he currently runs sales and business development for Loverboy, a startup hard tea company created by his best friend, Kyle. After an emotional last year, Carl is dedicated to making his summer his best one yet by focusing on himself and working hard professionally. And I got to say, it's absolutely ringing true on this year's summer house. Carl, welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. Thank you for having me. We're really excited to have you. That was that was the bio from Bravo TV's website. I know. A hundred. No, that was the that was the bio that that Bravo let us read. Yeah, (laughs) that's the bio that they like. uh, I send in a bio, and then they approve that. That's that's what they wanted it to say. And then they literally like edit it down to just like the highlight. I should have written Carl's bio. Is what we're telling me. My bio of Carl would have been a hundred percent more accurate than anything was stated. I think we should do video bios next year. Like they should incorporate a little more digital on the. Yes, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, call us. Okay, Carl, we don't. What? LinkedIn is so dope. I'm about to. Can I, I was gonna say we could get into LinkedIn. I get hit up on LinkedIn. People slide in my LinkedIn almost as much as wait, Instagram. Hold on, Whoa, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Take a, hold on. Take a beat. Listen, take a beat. We're gonna get to the. We're gonna get to our questions, right. but really quickly on that because I'm dead for you for saying that, Darren. We've talked about this a little bit on scissoring. I too, Carl, get hit up in the DMs on LinkedIn like you wouldn't believe I either get sexually yes I get hollered at and anybody that listens to this show or Taylor Strecker show like friends me on LinkedIn and it's a whole thing it does it yeah, I should, well, I I'm going to LinkedIn you. I'm going to LinkedIn you anyway. Please Am do. I not Please hot do. to get hit on on LinkedIn? Great. Now I'm going to have a complex after this fucking well, thing. Oh, wow. say, do, you, do you have a hot LinkedIn photo? That's key. I mean, Carl, that's that's just, you know, every photo of me is so attractive. Yeah, you're, Come on. you're, you're a babe, total babe. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, You need a good, you need a good babe pick. And I think that'll help your LinkedIn. We've got some babe picks of you, Darren. We can throw one up. Oh my God. Not enough to get DM'd on LinkedIn, but okay. (laughs) So we're there. Even though you and Darren are BFFs, we don't want to treat you any differently than any other guests that we have on the show. Throw me to the wolves. Throw me to the wolves. Well, I don't know if this is throwing you to the wolves. Or to the scissors, as you call it. Yes, (laughs) exactly, to the scissors. So we ask and give the opportunity for all of our guests to self-identify, whether that's gender, sexuality, or both. Would you mind letting us know what you prefer to be identified as and what you identify as for the listeners and for us? You can call me Carl. I'm 36 years old. I'm a straight male guy. <laughs> Sick. Perfect. I hope that's okay. Yes. That's Sick. your new bio. No, that's that's okay. your video bio for LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> yes. V- vote for me. 
Yeah, right. We won't we won't hold it against you. Now, listen, I'm sure you kind of know probably why you're here and, and you've had some you've had a really interesting arc over the course of Summer House. And and first off, you know, uh, I know this happened a few months ago, but I just want to apologize about your brother and the way that you handled it was was super tremendous this last season. And I'm, yes. I, I can't imagine having that happen, let alone have it happen in front of millions of people. And you handled it with with grace and just it made me want to hug you in quarantine. So Thank I appreciate you. your vulnerability. But before we get into maybe Summer House and your career there, you know, you grew up in Pittsburgh, which is, you know, it, it, to me, it's kind of like this mix of like a red and blue type of vibe, maybe conservative, but also a city-esque. How was your experience growing up? Did you have any gay friends? Were people openly gay? Like walk us through kind of your childhood and maybe if you had any references for like queer and or gay culture. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, growing up in, in Pittsburgh, you know, we were, you know, middle-class family. I think it's, it's to your point, very blue and red, you know, obviously there's a lot of blue collar Pittsburghers. It's a steel town, it's, you know, come around a lot in the last, you know, 15 to 20 years. They call it kind of like, it, I think it's like Brooklyn light almost like there's like a little yeah. Williamsburg vibe to it now. And uh, yeah, I mean, in my community, we were in like kind of this upper middle-class community. We probably only had in my grade, I only had maybe two African-American students out of wow. 300 in my grade, uh, you know, a lot of white, middle-class people. Uh, so diversity, yeah, we had diversity with like, we might've had, you know, gay or lesbian students at that point, but it was, you know, I'm 36 to date myself. So this is, I was in high school and, uh, the early two thousands and yeah, I mean, I think if someone were to, you know, to be gay, they probably would have hit it just because of getting made fun of or things like that. You know, our town was very like, you show your, like, it was very competitive. So academically competitive, athletically competitive, social status, who's got what cars, who's got what house. So that's where the the difference was. If you were poor or you were rich, there was a divide there. Or if you were a really good athlete or a bad athlete, there was a divide there. If you were a good student or a bad student, there was a divide there. It was less so like race or, I mean, there wasn't a lot of diversity, but there was less so that's where like the statuses were. So for me, like it was, it was definitely hard because, you know, our family was lower middle class. I mean, my parents worked they both had jobs and that was great. We didn't, you know, but other friends, I mean, big ass houses, really nice cars and didn't have to work and stuff like that. So it was an interesting mix, but our family, you know, we were, I went to church every Sunday as a kid. Uh, We were Lutheran, which is like, I I make the joke. It's like Catholic light, all the redemption, half the guilt. It's stupid. I love a Lutheran Lutheran, though. (laughs) I always was Um, like, I like the Lutheran kids. I went to Catholic schools. So I was always like, Lutheran church seems way chiller than what we're going. Yeah. It was like, yeah, you were like kind of like a a Catholic, but you kind of broke the rules a little bit. Um, Totally. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, our community was like, I I look back on it now and it was definitely molded me and shaped me a lot of who I am. I mean, I, I wouldn't show a lot of like what was going on at home with people at school because in fear of getting made fun of I me, mean, my brother was an addict and had mental right. illness. So we went to therapy as a family when I was in middle school. Like I wouldn't have gone to school and told people I went to therapy or I would have gotten beat up or made fun of. So I would think similarly, if you were hadn't come out yet in high school or having that conversation, it would be incredibly hard. But I will say this, this is actually an interesting story. So when I went to college, I went to Syracuse. I studied TV and film. That's where I wanted to go. I got very lucky. I got a full scholarship for academics. Because wow. I was because I was Lutheran. Wait, really? I, I wrote, you were I wrote like a, diverse or something? Is that I the... wrote? A, I wrote an essay to a particular uh, organization in Pittsburgh, and it was about diversity and like your challenges growing up. And I wrote an essay about my brother and just being in this upper middle class environment, but dealing with mental illness, addiction, and just not having as much economically as others. 
I want to, I got a scholarship because it was a Lutheran based scholarship. Thanks wow. to church on Sundays, mom and but dad. I, things I didn't know about Carl. My God. But randomly okay. this, the reason I bring it up is I played a lot of sports, but I did play some club sports in college and I don't want to name his name. And basically what it came down to is this. I've always been friendly with gay, gay folks throughout my college. College is really, really where you met people that had come out and were more confident right. and comfortable to share that story. And I was just love everybody, but it's funny. I had a friend in college who I played sports with who later on, maybe two years ago, watched me on summer house, saw my friendship with Steven and just was like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I actually felt comfortable coming out recently. And you were like a big supporter and a big friend to me when I was kind of hiding my, you know, my story. So like, did you suspect he was gay at the time? Never. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't have that radar really. I mean, people think I'm gay. People question my sexuality all the time. And why yeah, do you I've, think I, why? Well, you're a well-coiffed man. You care about your looks, you know, you got, <laughs> well, you got no, good I, facial hair. Well, that's kind of what I was getting at though, Darren. Like, why do you think people think that is it because well, yeah. you're about you? The number one is, I mean, I, I had to face something on season two of summer house where a, a story, right. from oh, we're my getting past, to it. a story from my past came out. That's number one. I mean, I had an experience with a male with another female there and I didn't enjoy it. It traumatized me. And if you really want to break it down, I, I might've been abused in some way during that. Like I was, okay. I was just, I was a lesser person. It was a director of a program. I was an actor and wow. we were having a party and I was with a female that I was acting with. And also the director came in and I mean, it was crazy. Like we were drinking, I was smoking pot. Uh, yeah. I, I had a threesome with a guy and a girl and I told Steven that story drunkenly off camera season two, before it started like three in the morning with some other friends of his who were gay. And I just, I said this story that I'd never, ever told anybody ever. I was traumatized by it. I was 21 years right. old. I lived in LA. I'm now, I was now 32 filming summer before filming summer house and told Steven this. And then later on it, he brought it up on camera. And I was like, yeah, I, I admitted to it, which I, I wasn't going to lie. Did it feel worse because Steven was gay kind of this portrayal at like, you know, for me, at least being, being a, being a lesbian and I'm sure maybe, maybe Liz, there's some, there's like, you know, you don't out people, right? Like, like we could always say, I could be like, oh, maybe I think that guy's a gay, but I would never do that. That's like something that you don't cross in our sure. queer community for the most part. Did you get that sense that like, it was shitty obviously for Steven to do it, but particularly because he was gay and he should kind of know that there's a stigma behind these things? That's what was, I think the most confusing part is right. you would think, you know, and I had been an ally to him in a lot of ways. And I mean, I wasn't like trying to be his ally for TV, but we bonded the first summer, me and him were buddies and we hung out a lot. Even after that, I mean, I was at Pride Parade with him. We filmed there and I, I was very intoxicated that day. I think a lot of people were, but yeah. since that Pride event, he, I think he felt like I made it about myself at the event. Like I was having the best time ever at Pride and it was his first time at like a Pride event like that. And you know, Steven's coming out story was very challenging for him with his family being from a conservative place in Alabama. Right. And I can't even imagine what that's like. I mean, he moved to New York to kind of like find himself and come, come to this world with, which is so accepting here in New York. So it was very surprising. But again, I, I'm, an, I'm like, I have so much, Steven's a good guy. I don't, I don't hold anything against him. I think, listen, we're filming a TV show. There's a lot of crazy things that come out of it. Right. I just didn't think it was fair for him to, he literally could have just had a conversation with me off camera. Because basically what happened was he, he told Lauren Workus, who I was seeing at the time, that I got head off a guy when I was 20 years old. Lauren Workus asked me, hey, did you? I'm like, no, because A, I didn't really remember saying it drunk at two in the morning. And B, I, that's my story to tell. That should right, never be course. told to anybody. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. 100%. So Lauren Workus asked me, Carl, did you? I go, no, Steven's a liar. 
So Lauren thinks Steven's a liar, even though Steven told the truth, it's just a story he never should have told. That's what caused like six months of just like Lauren not liking Steven, Steven getting kind of exiled from friends. So I, in some weird way, I think Steve was trying to get back at me, but I mean, I, I feel bad. I put him in a tough spot for me. It was, it was traumatizing because I had to relive it, but the actual director wrote, reached out to me, the guy, like, I didn't say his name, but he right. actually messaged me on Twitter and goes, I can't believe you told that story. So I'm like still getting like attacked about it from. Yeah. I just, I want to just quickly pause and say one, I'm really sorry. I yeah. am a, I would call myself a survivor of sexual assault. So when anyone is in a position of different power and whether you're male or female or whatever it is, it's completely fucked up. So the fact that you were an actor 21 years old in LA, which for all the people listening that want to move to LA and be an actor, which I did too, it's fucking awful. And a lot of people take advantage of you in a lot of different ways. So I totally I imagine it's also harder being a male because people probably don't believe you. Cause some people are like, how could a male be sexually abused? Males are strong. You right. know, it's easy to see this women in this victim role, but not necessarily a six foot five strong yeah. guy, you know, and it can yeah, happen obviously. No, it's a great point. I mean, I think, I think a lot of men have had interesting sexual experiences with a woman or a male. I mean, I guess for me, it was like the position I was in, I had just moved to LA. I was right. trying to be an actor and I was, I auditioned and, Looking back on it, I mean, it, the guy had the hots for me, the director. Totally. He was a gay man. He put me in sure. the show because he thought I was attractive and thought I was cute. Now, the show was about relationships and dating and hooking up. And that's what happened. I mean, you're 20, I'm 21. I'm thinking, okay, it's a cool opportunity to get experience. There were other really, oddly enough, two other actresses that were in that. I'm actually friendly with one of them who's like been on major movies. I won't say her name, but she's like legit actress. So it was a cool thing at some point, but we had a rap party smoking weed, drinking Patron. And like, it just, I was 21 years old and this director was older than me. I don't know. It was just a really, it was, it was a tough situation. I never, ever thought in a million years I'd have to deal with that publicly. And I did. And to, to your point, I mean, my sexuality has been questioned since that publicly. Right. Now yeah. amongst my close friends and things, people don't, don't think that, but I, I mean, I get probably 50 messages a day from gay men, whether it's like a dick pic or I want to fuck you, let's hang out. I'm not, it's like, for me, it's incredibly uncomfortable, but that's what happens on my social media. That's what I get. No one has ever sent me a dick pic ever. I got, I got a dick pic last week from a guy. I have no idea who it is. No followers. Just, Hey, you want to hang out in his dick? It, I'm listen, the like, stuff I get on here is insane. I mean, I had thousands of messages, you know, I'm sorry about your brother. And then like a gay guy or, a, you know, someone I want to fuck you and a, a picture of their dick. It's like, do you not have like a read the room? Like, do you think, a, <laughs> but know. to some extent that has to be, and, and I'm not denigrating like your opinion of it, but like, you're a really good looking guy. You have a great personality. You're successful. You're funny. You, you present yourself very well. I mean, to some extent it is flattering to you or do you take it as a offensive thing where it's like, listen, I spent the last three fucking seasons trying to get out of this pigeonhole of being considered gay when I'm not, not that there's anything wrong with being gay and you're bringing up, you know, by sending me your dick pics, you're like re-reminding me of the fact that people still think I'm gay. What is your mindset about that? It's uh, Luckily I go to therapy because I, I didn't yeah. yes. previously. Cause I, I'll, I'll have this, this literally happened to me, a therapist. I told similar stories. I mean, I have hundreds of girls and men reaching out to me since, you know, the first or second season of this show. Again, you have social media. Thank you, Darren, for saying, you know, I'm easy on the eyes. You are I, like you are, I, I, but I don't, I don't I've never lived like that. Like I take care of myself because that feels good for me. Yeah. Sure. I want to look decent for, for a female or whoever, but 
I just try to carry myself in a good way. And it just like, it was shocking to me that people would look at me in this light and feel that confident to send me a message and be like, I want to fuck you and send you a dick pic. It's like, I would tell my therapist these crazy things I'd receive. And he goes, Oh, I think a lot of guys wish they had that problem. And okay. I, first of like, all, you need a new therapist. Yeah. Well, maybe I, that's, yeah. but that's, that's the stuff. Cause as a male, as a six foot five guy, it's like, Oh, you're so lucky. You've got people reaching out to you wanting to fuck you all the time. I mean, it makes me really uncomfortable. It's actually given me an incredible insecurity. Uh, and part of my drinking and drug use was to hide from, from all that shit too. It gave me more confidence going out being like, that guy probably wants to fuck me or that, you know, it just made me really insecure. Right. Luckily that was, you know, I've worked through some of this, but yeah, I mean, you're, when your sexuality is questioned and you, I mean, I'm a straight guy. I like women. That's what I like. Now, if I, if I was gay, I would have come out a long time ago. I would have been, or I would have come out at some point. Totally. And I think that's why we give people the opportunity to identify themselves because sure. as Darren knows, so many people, and you, I'm sure so many people get misidentified. One, I'd like to say again, thank you for being so vulnerable and honest with us across yeah. the board. It's lovely Admirable. for you to let I, us I in have, like that. I have nothing else to give Bravo. When my brother, when you, when I find out while filming microphoned up that my brother died, there's not, I have nothing else left to give Bravo. Truthfully, I, I've, I've yeah. been as vulnerable as you possibly can be. So that's why I'm being this way. Cause it's like the floodgates are open and I have nothing else. You are helping a lot, a lot of people than you know, but yeah. I guess I what hope, I was, yeah. what I, no, I, you are. I'm, I'm happy to be vulnerable and open. Like I have nothing <laughs> to hide anymore. Literally zero. I'll tell you anything you want to know. <laughs> I think sexuality is like a spectrum, right? So unfortunately yeah. your, your situation is that you were, you were taken advantage of and you feel awful about that situation. You know, and, and I know you're defending your sexuality, but I guess for me, what I've talked to, what Darren and I have specifically talked about in regards to men is like, why is it that men get so much judgment? Like, why is it not okay for them to have a one night stand with a man or a person that they found really attractive in that night? Like, I don't think you have to choose. Not that I'm saying that's your situation, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think yeah, there's if, so much if, added pressure for men, you if know? If Paige or Hannah or Sierra was like, dude, the best orgasm I've ever had was when a girl went down on me. I don't think anyone, well, maybe some people, I don't think anyone would be like, oh, they're dykes. Oh, they're lesbians. Yeah. They'd be like, that's good, hot. Yeah, Whereas point, with Andrew. you, they're like, you're gay. You're questioning your sexuality. Right. Yeah. What do you, yeah. What do you think? I think that's what you were kind of saying. Yeah, no, perfect, why do you Darren. find that to exist? Yeah. No, I, I guess, I, was, I mean, I'm going to equate it like this. I played a lot of sports growing up in high school. I played high school football. There's 60 guys oh on the team after, after practice every day, 60 guys got butt naked and showered together. Is that gay? And you slap each other's asses too. No, but I wouldn't mind. That, that's, that's the point. It's like, I, okay. Like in theory, what, like I'm touching my ass next to another dude. I'm like, that could be right. gay. That's what's so interesting is the dynamic of like, okay, I had a sexual experience in a threesome when I was 21 years old. I mean, does that make me gay? Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just such an interesting thing to think about. Like that boys in a high school football team, 60 of them get naked and shower together. And it's not an issue. Such a double standard. Well, and there's rampant homophobia in football, especially. I mean, even now I'm sure in the NFL, like they don't admit it or they, but like, I'm sure as a guy, you're kind of conditioned to be like, this is the definition of masculinity. You're macho, you're tough. And any kind of sense of sensitive or softness or someone who's a pussy part of my language is, you know, it's just doesn't fit in. I, yeah, the sexuality stuff. I mean, for me, it's, I've, I feel so connected to the, I guess the gay community in some ways, just because I feel like I, I am an ally. I want to support yeah. 
want everybody to be welcomed and whatever choices they make, they make them happy. And as long as it's, you know, somewhat, you're a good human being, like I support it. I've learned a lot about just like what sexuality means in some ways and how you choose to use your body or how you want to spend your time. I mean, you know, I'm just attracted to women, but what I, what fascinates me is the gay men that go after seemingly straight men and what their approach is. I mean, sending a dick pic to someone you don't know and saying, I want to fuck you is, is insane to me, but I get that a lot from gay men. And my thing is gay men can kind of get away with whatever they want. <laughs> like, is that like, if I send a dick pic to a, a girl stranger, you'd be me too in two seconds. Exactly. So, and again, I, there's a lot, men like myself, a lot of white privilege. I'm very lucky. I, I don't deserve a lot. I've been very fortunate to get what I have because of how I look. I'm not going to deny that. It's just, I think, there are some things with, with the sexuality that it's different. Like if I send a, like I said, if I send a dick pic to someone, I'm disgusting. And for guys, it's like, Oh, he's, he thinks he's cute. Like what? No, no, no. It's you're really, so right though. You're so you're right. So right. You're so right. And like, you know, even in the drag culture and sort of Liz and I talk about it, how it's like, at first I didn't really get it because I was like, why are these gay men dressing up and pretending to be like the worst forms of females calling yeah. each other bitches and, and assholes and like encouraging this, like calling each other slut. Like women have, centuries of us trying to get over and that now gay men are praised for dressing as women and doing that. Although it took me kind of a while to be like, it's kind of gay men making fun of gay men in their own way. And it's almost an appreciation, but you're absolutely right. And I think even with even being on Bravo, which is arguably the gayest network, obviously we know plenty of gay people, but I do find that gay men can get away with saying things to women that straight men, no fucking chance could they ever like fashion tips about makeup. There's no chance that a guy, a straight man could ever do that. It's like a dragging speaking (laughs) of drag, but I mean like they just drag everyone around. Right. Go ahead. Sorry. For, for you, like when you talk about kind of being maybe offended or, or maybe, uh, re-traumatized with what you went through when people are sending you dick pics or questioning your sexuality. Is it more for you that you don't want people to label you as gay when you're not? Or is it really just your frustration of not being believed? Like, what is it? Is there a stigma to being gay for you subconsciously? Maybe I have a stigma against people thinking something about me. That's not true. Right. Okay. And that, that's what it is. Like people could think I'm an, like, I struggle with this. Like people really, like I've walked around the streets in New York and I've been told you're a piece of shit to my face by a random stranger. Now this is pack. This is season two or three. Yeah. Des- I deserved it. I definitely deserved it. I was not a good person then. It's just interesting to me that like that, what, like I'm not, I'm not a horrible person. I'm a human being and I've made right. mistakes. And I guess calling someone gay, that's not gay. That's like calling someone you know, a derogatory term or calling them the C word or whatever you want to say. I just feel like people calling it, it's like, they're not informed and they just want to like label me as something because I think they think they're going to tear me down because I don't like that. Because being gay though, there is bad, right? I mean, that's the thing. Cause like, what could be, no, and I'm not saying what your feelings are wrong. I'm just saying it's like, you know, being called gay is historically a derogatory term right but when people totally. assume that i'm if someone straight thought i was straight right i probably would be like would you, I got would you away be upset with if it? someone like i mean there's nothing worse than being straight <laughs> i'd be impressed i could actually convince someone i was straight honestly but like being straight is the easier thing to be right like you know no one chooses when people are when we are when i argue with religious people about being gay is being a choice i'm like why would anyone choose to make their life harder that doesn't make right. any no. fucking sense it doesn't make it no. no one chooses to be ugly no one would choose to be stupid no one would choose to be left-handed it doesn't make any fucking sense depending on how hard 
you know, your life is, I'm just saying like the world is, is acclimated to right-handed, good looking, smart people. Like I that's, like that the right hand, left hand has made its but way But even think about this. driving, like driving a stick, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you'll oh, see, okay. you know, like driving a stick, like it's acclimated to be a right-handed. It's just a little bit harder if you're left-handed. That's it. Well, that's why it's like, no one would choose it. Go ahead. Well, yeah, you said like being harder and I, and it's funny, like the, the friends that I have some friends of mine that have since come out from high school. And I've, you know, I've, I've found out and been like congratulatory or my dad actually even went to a wedding of one of my friends who came out, which is amazing. And love that. If any, yeah. if anything, I can, like, from, from my experience with my friends that have come out is like the weight lifted off their shoulder. And like, it's like this freeing thing that is so beautiful and so amazing that like, I don't know, like embrace, like I'm embracing my straightness. I'm straight. Like, why does people celebrate that versus like, you know, trying to, I don't know, it's, it's been a being on Bravo, which is a very female and gay driven network, which is amazing. I think the males sometimes in some way, it's just like, I'm never going to win. <laughs> so yeah. I just learned, you know, I just, I just, you learn to take it on the chin a little bit. And if someone's questioning my sexuality, you know what, they don't know, they don't have the full story. It's not their fault that they don't know, but I can understand if you watch season two, you would think that I'm gay. I, I got head off a guy in a threesome. I mean, <laughs> well, do you, do you find though, that it's really like, not to lump everything into a generalization, but for conversation purposes, I think it's kind of important. Do you find that the people who are so maybe anti you or may, maybe questioning your sexuality or not being honest are the gay men and straight women? Like, what do straight men think about you? Do they like what? What's what's? Yeah, that I mean, like? I think the straight. <laughs> I have a lot of straight, you know, straight guy friends. I mean, a lot of the macho athlete bro kind of maybe former fuckboys uh, to some degree. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I, I get along with a lot of variety of people. You know, I, I, maybe that's just the sales guy in me, but I don't know. Like it's Bravo's Bravo's opened me up to a lot of diverse people, which I love. And I so appreciate from an audience as well. I mean, the amount of the variety of messages that I do get, and again, I, I harp on the messages. I get it. I've asked everybody on summer house. Mine is worse than everybody else's. Now, again, for me, like I have different ways I work through it, but I'm just fascinated by a, a gay man messaging me, asking me if he can fuck me knowing that I'm straight. Like, does he actually think I'm going to write back? Like, what's the logic in that? And when you get 3,000 of those, what does that actually mean? Like, do you really sure think I would respond and go meet up with you? Well, you know like, what, I just don't though? Get it. It Hold on. Darren and I, we had a guest on. I won't say who, but we remember, Darren, I was getting all these, like, public, ridiculous messages on the post when I put it on the scissoring Instagram. And I was just, like, feel. listen, I hadn't started my antidepressants yet. I was in a mood. It's been yeah. a long year, Carl. And I just was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to DM this person. And I DM'd this woman and I go, walk me through this comment. And she just was like, well, uh, fuck this person. And I hate that. And, blah, blah, blah. and I just, I finally was just like, you know what? I'm done with this. And I just, every time either it was the one thing on scissoring that I've, I've gotten a few weird things in my day. And I just, sure. I always say like, walk me through it now. I'm not getting 3000 of them. So I can't imagine with a job, you would have the time to do that. But I do wonder, I think to your point, it's like, do you really think I'm going to say yes? It, yes. Stranger on the internet. Let's go yeah. fuck. You know, I mean, I don't know what these people are thinking, but it is sometimes interesting when you put it back on them and they disarm yeah, them no, with their own question. Yeah, the, the sexuality stuff has been, I mean, it's been very difficult just because I feel like it was a story that I just never thought would be public. But right. again, I, I am grateful that I faced it publicly and I'm talking about it. Cause I think hopefully this, this, there's not, there gotta be other straight men like me who've had a sexual experience in their past that of course, of if, course. If they just don't talk loud, about it. They just don't, they don't talk, talk about, about it. it. 
So right. I guess for me is like, I do find some, some faith in the fact that, you know, my story can help a little. And, it, you know, even talking about it now, it does make it a little uncomfortable again. Cause I, again, I, I respect, I, I don't have any issues with Steven anymore. Like we haven't like formally made up, but I wish him the best. I don't want any ill will towards him. I know him and Kyle have reconnected Steven. I'm fine with him. Like, I don't, I don't need, I'm trying to clean up my side of the street sure. and just take care of my things because I've done, I'm very flawed. I have a lot of issues in my life. I've been a pretty shitty person a lot. Why do you say that? If you don't mind me asking, why do you, you've said that um, just two or three times drinking. I've been, I've been rude to people. I've led okay. girls on. I've been abrasive. I've told people to go fuck themselves. I've struggled a lot, I think. And sometimes, and you know, like I said, I'm, I'm very flawed, very, very flawed. Like people, I think see maybe the way I look and like expect me to be like, like perfect. Yeah. No, I, I come from a, you know, a very interesting background. We, we have a very loved family, but you know, our, our family dynamic has been very difficult. So sure. Let me just say this, Carl, is that, you know, when you look at yourself, maybe you look back at the seasons, maybe one through four of Summer House and you're like, oh, my God, like, I'm just not that guy anymore. So many everyone is like that. Right. right. Like, I mean, even in sixth grade, I used to be like, oh, my God, you're so fucking gay. Like, you know what I mean? And here I am as a like the ragingest lesbian in the fucking world. Like we all if you are not learning, if you were the same person 10 years ago that you are today, I don't want to know you, you know, like, I don't want to know that person. Those, these, these people either are the most unself-aware or the most boring people I've ever fucking met. And the problem with you is that those people who were maybe shitty to women or led women on Liz, I know you and I have led men on in the past. I mean, women lead men on all the <laughs> fucking lead time. Women it's just on, they, I led women on too. I led women on too. Shit. It's just that when you lead men, <laughs> when women lead men on, it's not as stigmatized as when men lead women on, right? Because men are supposed to be honest a hundred percent of the time and women possibly could, could be manipulated at any given point. So I, I don't, I don't like that comment that it's always geared to men, but like most people don't have to experience that on camera in right. front of millions of fucking people when they're at their worst. That's the difference between you and everyone else. But you as a person, sure. you are not any worse than anyone else. I know. You know that's right? why that's, I brought it up. That's why I brought aren't. it up. Because you the fact that you've done the work via yeah. therapy and the fact that you're sitting here talking about it means that you are not a bad you work like, for an alcohol company and you were sober on a bravo show in like <laughs> called summer house like i can't even like i couldn't not have a drink in my hand even if i was just talking to liz maybe like that you don't know how hard that is like sorry liz it's true fine uh, i get it yeah, but like that takes so much effort that you're not seeing i don't think you see within yourself sometimes but that was like You've had the best transformation over any Bravo person that I possibly know. Well, I mean, thank you. I mean, I, I had to make choices, honestly, to stay alive, literally to keep living my life. If I didn't make changes, I wouldn't be around anymore. I mean, I, I was yeah. that dark of a place uh, in 2019 after that was after season four of filming. I mean, all fall, just, you know, drinking and, and using drugs. Not proud of that, but I, I, I did, I'll, I'll kind of give you the journey. So in, in December of 2019, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar in West Palm Beach. No seen- way. Okay, first of all, why we didn't start this. That's barely the lead. I have- the lead. So, oh God. So I, Tony I Robbins. Good, okay. good friend of mine from good female friend of mine from California, platonic. Mm. <laughs> she actually was on season one of summer house. She visited, she was one of my hookers from LA, even though it was one of my friends, but the girls called them hookers cause they were hot. Yeah, of course. Women, what's women supporting women at its finest, of course. Yes. Yes. Uh, so anyway, she was like, listen, I, I just know you so well. Like, let's go to this Tony Robbins thing. I had seen the documentary on Netflix called I am not your guru. 
part of his thing is he has these like people stand up and like this guy's like, I want, I want to kill myself like today in front of 5,000 people. He doesn't stand up. And Tony's like, why? And like basically gets them to like to sit down and like everybody's hugging. It's like this whole thing. So eight, eight day seminar for 15 hours, like 12 hours, 13 hours a day. You sit in this room, speeches, you meet people, you get out of your comfort zone. Like it's, I had a huge breakthrough my first day. I basically made amends with my father. I had some issues with my dad because of the divorce of my mom. That was holding me. But like when you have resentment, it's like, you know, someone else drinking the, or you drinking the poison and thinking they're going to die or they're going to get hurt. Right. I had so much resentment about my dad and the divorce that that was a huge roadblock in my life. And I was able to release that in December. I also didn't drink for eight days in West Palm beach at the event. And I felt amazing. I was like, okay, I have it. I have, my brother has drug issues. I have other family members who are alcoholics on both sides. I had never really like looked at myself in the mirror and taken like, do I have a problem? I never really thought that come January. I had my 20 or sorry. I had my birthday at gold bar. We had, a, we actually had a little comedy show. I was so screwed up and so out of whack. Like I like told a bunch of people at my birthday to go fuck themselves. And like, I was just in, again, back in a dark place. COVID happened. I moved out to the Hamptons at a friend's and I basically got, I got sober for three and a half months. I didn't drink, took care of myself. That's when we recorded the reunion. And I was like, yeah, I haven't been drinking. Summer started. I was like, you know what? I'm going to moderate. I, can, I think I can do this. Now I hadn't done AA. I hadn't done anything like that. I just went to therapy. and was very open and honest about my alcohol. I was like, you know what? I think I have a problem. And we worked through it. So I started drinking a little bit to start the summer. We start filming season five of the show. I'm like, you know what? I can have a couple and moderate. And honestly, I did an amazing job. My brother dies. I came back. And that's when I started drinking some more. And this fall was down that path again. Had a very low point at the end of December. And since early January, I've been, I've been sober over 77 days now. Congratulations. Um, so the challenge you have with Bravo, and this you can understand, is Summer House season five was eight months, seven months ago. Right. So like people watch it now and they're like, oh, like I, I had a tough episode last night. Like I got into a fight with Luke and, and yeah, me and Kyle got into it with him and I'm not proud of it at all. Like I'm, I'm embarrassed big time, but it'll resolve in the next two, two or three episodes. But like this morning I woke up to your brother's dead because you didn't pay attention, like all that kind of shit. So like it goes oh from like, I'm so sorry about your brother to they see me drunk one time after that. Now, I mean, 30 messages this morning like you're a piece of shit again, like that stuff. It's like, it's, it's unbelievable. This it cannot win. So to, to answer your question, I mean, just the sobriety piece, like I feel better. I knew I could be fun and be social and be interesting without having alcohol. I unfortunately had a, a lot of social anxiety the first two summers because a lot of times I was getting yelled at <laughs> or doing uh -huh. something wrong. And then you resort to drinking. And what I would do also is drink while the show, like we would watch together. So the show comes out in January. We'd go to someone's apartment or someone's house. I would get really fucked up on, on the night of the show, miss work the next day. I mean, I would, this show consume me and what people thought. I mean, how they, how I was edited or how it was perceived. I used that as excuses to go get drunk and party and forget about it. Cause I, I wasn't willing to deal with it up until last year. And I've been dealing with it. And then since I've been like, you know what, I do have an issue with, with drinking and I need to watch myself, but you know, my family, it runs in my family. And like I said, since first, like basically January, the insurrection night was the last night that I actually got drunk uh, for obvious reasons. It was a fucking ridiculous night. Yeah. Since then, I have not had a sip of alcohol and I feel great. Now people go, you represent an alcohol brand. I'm like, well, guess what? A lot of high functioning, successful people don't drink alcohol 
but run a restaurant that sells alcohol, run a bar, exactly. run True. a nightclub. You know, many, you know how many nightclub owners in New York City don't drink alcohol? A lot of them. Because if you do, you won't own the nightclub anymore because you'll be out yep. of business. Exactly. Exactly. So for me, the Loverboy success has been great because I've been able to focus and dial in because I'm not drinking. I'm not, you know, I, I have other support, but it's funny how much my life has improved in the last three months just from not drinking. I'm learning so much about you. And honestly, like as if I didn't love you before, I love you so much more even after this interview. I know how hard it probably is, especially as a guy to come out with this before we kind of wrap up. I know we've kept you for a while and get to like a fun game so we can end on a light note. Two questions for you, maybe a two parter. Do you regret joining Summerhouse at all, given the fact of what has happened over the past maybe five years of your life? And then number two, what have you learned from this entire experience about yourself now that you can come at it from a 36 year old man's perspective? you know, number one, do I regret? No, I, I don't have any regrets. I think I've, I've come to this feeling more and more like everything I'm, I'm exactly what I'm supposed to be. Everything has shaped me and molded me. And these experiences that I have are actually kind of chinks in my armor to help me deal with even crazier shit down, down the line. I mean, did I really think after joining Bravo, I mean, we, the first summer, we never even knew if we we're going to make it there. So, right. and even after each season, the first, after the second season, I thought we were getting canceled. So like, it's been a roller coaster for just not knowing if we're going to make it back or not, but it's actually been one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life because truthfully, my brother's story is helping a lot of people. I've yeah. been able to get my act together through this channel and also potentially help others. The experience itself has given me so much, like, I mean, people call them losses, but it's more like a lesson. Like I, I've had so many blessings and lessons that I've gained through these experiences of meeting, having the issue I had with Steven. I mean, that was one of the most complex situations I've ever been involved in your sexuality, a gay man, a girl you're dating, bravo. Like that's intense. Like that could go sideways very quickly in a lot of different ways. And I just, I've gained so much strength and so much knowledge and understanding of differences in people and how people are and what their backgrounds are. And bravo has been, been to thank for that. What was your second question? What have you <laughs> what learned? You, first, what have you learned? Number one is be kind. Number two is you never know what's going on behind closed doors. You know, you, I mean, there's, there's plenty of examples, but how you treat a waiter, how you treat a busboy, be nice to people that you, you know, that can't get anything really to gain from you. It's just like kindness and being, being just nice is, is a lost art. And I want to bring kindness back. It's funny. Like the other day I was just like really nice to the Uber eats delivery guy. And he was like blown away that I said anything. Damn. It's like these delivery people the last year and a half have been getting destroyed and putting themselves in unsafe situations and not make like, those are the people like, be nice. You know, you just don't know what they're going home to after this. I just see a lot of unkind things sometimes. It takes so much more energy to be mean to someone than it does to be it nice really to does. someone. It's incredible to me. Like it just, it takes so much it more does. of my effort to hate shit than it does to either feel apathetic or love it. So it's, uh, sure. but, but a lot know. of times the anger and hate, I, at least I, a lot of the anger I would produce, I'm projecting on people. I myself, am, I'm not doing well. That's why I'm so angry at of people. Course. It's like, that's nothing course. to do with them. So that. Putting it through that lens has been helpful. Don't you love him, Liz? Don't you just love I do. Carl? I will say, Carl, it didn't, it wasn't listed in your bio or anywhere that I saw that you were six foot five, which really does change things for me <laughs> on my child tall, tall journey. Drink of water. He I is a tall drink of water. Let me tell yeah. you yeah. over <laughs> here. Well, I, will, I will say, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a thicker boy, though. Like I've got, I'm a bigger guy. I'm about 225 pounds. I got some bigger legs. People like to give me shit about how big He's my butt is. With two C's. Yeah. First of all, first of all, I call that healthy. One. Yeah. And two, or, I'm here for it. You say you play sports. I don't play sports. I'm a very 
artistic person. So I think the sports and the art, it could be. Here's the thing, you Carl, you might be out. offended by guys sending you dick pics, but how do you feel about a lesbian and a bisexual hitting on you for an hour? You feel good about that? <laughs> I mean, I'm we actually okay with that for some reason. I mean, <laughs> I'm just straight up asking you for your sperm. We can talk about it later. I'm also in sales. Don't worry, I'll make it worth your time. Oh, Lord, and I'll never no. hit you up. And ba- you're, you're good. You're, you're, following, you're following the steps of the sales process here pretty well. Oh, I, Yes, exactly. Oh, no. Well, on that note, <laughs> I was going to say, why don't you be a little kinder to yourself? Because you're being yes. so kind to I, others. I, I could definitely be gen- gentle on myself. I am my own worst enemy sometimes. Uh, Correct. But again, when you when you put yourselves in this position to take a lot of shit, I mean, I, I need to understand what I signed up for sometimes. And I forget. Fair. But I, I, I am incredibly, I feel very lucky that I've, I've gone through a lot, but also I've had a lot of help and a lot of my friends. I, I don't want to sound like I've been like the solo mission here. I mean, literally Kyle and Lindsay and Luke, top to bottom, the whole cast, like producers, even like they've been on, they've like almost saved my life. Just like the support, the love, the care. It takes a village. It'd be joke, but like, seriously, they, that my crew of friends have been unbelievable. So what you're seeing now is a reflection of their support as well. Love that. Such a good way to say it. And uh, this is why we're going to end on a light note. We're going to end right, on Liz? a light note. We like to play. <laughs> well, Darren a- likes to play games. I like games. Oh, yes. Don't get her down. The <laughs> game <laughs> show host. Darren always has like a, like a fast game. Well, we're going to play a rapid fire game called scissor me this. Okay. And it's fun and it's silly. Darren and I both Actually, have, hold a- on. I have, I got to show you something. Oh, oh, hold on. I love this. I, it better be a dick pic. Otherwise this interview didn't happen. That's all I got to say. Better be a dick. No. Pic. I, ha- I used to have these huge scissors, like for like a big ribbon cutting. No oh my way. God. No. Why? Wait, uh, why? Why yeah. did you have that? Well, I have a big spoon, like from a crate and like huge, massive spoon. Cause my nickname was the big spoon. Oh, I, oh I God. Know. It's not I funny. Know why. Um, <gasps> no, I, I think but it's then I got cute. big scissors as like a compliment. So I had the big spoon and big scissors because I'm a big guy. I don't know. You gotta oh, invite me over, and yeah, 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 yeah. I gotta, I gotta play with these. I'm yeah, I feel like I'm questioning I'm my sexuality right here. Jesus, Woo. back you're off, very, Darren. You're very kind. Very back kind. off, yes. Darren. Kick rocks. Yes. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> Kick rocks, Darren. Get the fuck out of here. No, I'm just kidding. That's All right. right. So we're gonna play scissor me this, Darren. Why don't you ask your first? One. Just nonsense questions here, Carl. No right answer. Okay. Who was the most famous person to slide into your DMs? She might get mad at me. Uh, Do it. Don't matter. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. I mean, well, I, I, I'm a big fan of her. Banks. She's a singer. <gasps> Wait, what? <laughs> Banks is. I know Banks. Well, we, we've messaged. She's cool. She's really cool. We've messaged. There's no like, it's just been friendly. Her mom's a big fan of somehow. Wait, okay. So my question is, who's the most famous person that you DM'd and try to use your blue check to have a little conversation? Never. Oh, come I don't, on, I don't, DM, I don't DM. If I've never met you in person, I don't DM. I don't. You DM. I don't. That Carl and I First are the same, same way. Same way. Same thing. Because same thing. Darren barely I, I, I really like, if, I, if I've met you in person or have like, a, or if I know you somehow, then I would. But if, I, if you're a total stranger, I would never DM you silently. Never. All right, fine. Unless, unless it's like, there's a reason for it. Like, I'm not, it's not about like hanging out. Like, I've done stuff for Loverboy. I've DM'd Brooks Kepka, the golfer, I think, about giving him some Loverboy or. This is very PG. This is not what I expected. But what if I DM you? You're going to DM me guy. back. I'm a traditional guy. Yeah, he's a traditional You're man. You're going to DM me back now, though, right? Because we've met. Well, I'll just give you my number and you can t- t- call oh. like a real adult. 
He's a traditional Lutheran boy, Carl well, Radke yes, is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, I, just, right. I like I like the where you know you meet someone. The internet just it just makes it weirder. Like you look at pictures, and you have this whole perception Fair. of someone. Like you would never really know the personality. I agree. You are a lot better Sorry. than I thought. If I'm being honest. See, I told you. I'm just being honest. You've been so vulnerable. I feel like I have to be honest with you. I was like, give. I was like, give him a chance. I was like, he's actually a fucking great guy that you can't see I, in well, a no, six-week show. No, you're acting show. like I. You're acting like she I was talk like, shit. No, no but like, <laughs> you I never talk shit. Uh, okay, fuck, Mary, kill, Carl. You knew this was coming. Sierra, Paige, Hannah, you're killing Hannah. <laughs> I know uh, that. I'm going to marry Paige. I'll fuck Sarah and kill Hannah. Yeah, it had I feel to like happen. that was loaded. Why but okay. marry Paige <laughs> over Sierra, though? Paige and I have, have always had a, a closer connection, I guess. Okay. See, I mean, Sierra's great. I, I mean, I've only knew her for, you know, this past summer. And she obviously had her, her Luke stuff going on. So I yes. just friendly. Me and Paige have had more of a romantic involvement. So that's where I go there. I could see that. If you could ask one housewife out on a date, who would it be? Good question, Liz. <laughs> I've, I, I mean, t- I, I don't want to just say it because of her timing, but I have hung out with Tinsley, who's cool as hell. Yes, uh, honey. Uh, but I, she's going through a lot. So, you know, my blessings to her. But I mean, she, she's awesome. Uh, other than that, I would say maybe Dorit for some reason. Because Dorit's well, I know hot why. as hell. I don't fucking why Dorit's hot as hell. Up, whoever her doctor is, she, give me a fucking call. She looks, let me so, I mean, she she looks great. so great. Yeah. Just and she, you know, her. Her kids are cute and the whole thing, but um. Ooh, yeah. I'm manifesting I, I this Tinsley of- more to my. First of all, Tinsley is like Paris Hilton. I mean, was the coolest of the cool. I'm manifesting yeah. that for you. No, Socialite, cool, for I sure. I will say this. I, she's an awesome girl, though. I'm not on her caliber. She would be very disappointed with a guy like me. So what? I'm not even going to put my name in that. that? Don't say that. I don't she, she, agree. She dates like millionaires. Yeah, I actually, like, I, I might have I'm to a, agree with Carl on this. This has nothing to do with Carl. Like a, this has everything to do with Tinsley. Guy, like, <laughs> yes. Pretty average about. Okay. Okay. This is another fuck, Mary kill, but not because of anything that happened, just because of the Bravo world here. Fuck, Mary kill, Andy Cohen, Kyle, or Luke. <laughs> I mean, I'll marry Andy just because he's not married. Yeah. Um, True. Fair I'll, kill, point. I'll kill Luke. I'll kill Luke just because I tried to kill him last night and I'll fuck Kyle. <laughs> you and Kyle have the best romance was, ever. You would be the most gentle yeah, fuck sesh ever. It'd be so, <laughs> it would be making love to Kyle. I know this. I'm the big it. spoon. I, I you would just spoon him. Yes. Kyle yes, is the little yeah. spoon for sure too. But I love, I do like I, me and Luke is, I, he's had a, a tough season, but me and him have, we're in a good place. He's a good dude. Also Kyle, we, we have such a great relationship with you know, the boys. Obviously, I love Andy, too, but it's yeah. hard to say, like, you'd kill Luke. I feel bad saying that. If you could be on any other Bravo show, which one would you be on and why? I mean, I would be on Watch What Happens Live. <laughs> you'd be Andy, essentially. <laughs> I'd be Andy. No, everyone wants to be Andy. Um, I would like to be, like, what's the butler in Southern Charm? Michael? Yeah. You want to be like Patricia like, Outchul's, uh b- That butler. would be... Amazing. That would be very, very good. I love that. Liz, you have last one for Carl here? Hamptons or Miami? Hamptons. Hamptons all day. Nothing to get Miami's cool, but there's something about the Hamptons that's just special. I'm never I'm my goal at some point is to buy a house out there. So we'll see how that goes. Just be careful spending 30 racks going to an eight-day Tony Robbins uh 
Because <laughs> trust well, me, I, I know I actually, all about. <laughs> I know. We'll have to talk. We'll have to talk about that. They actually have some influencer stuff, which is why I went. I was very lucky. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I, I got. I got to sit with. I got to sit with like other actresses, like other famous. Well, I'm, I'm like the D of the D list, you know. But it was it was oh cool God. that they had that kind of community of like other. Performer, okay, but Carl, I just want to say one thing. That's how fucking Nexium started. So just be careful. Carl's only branded three just, to four women with yeah, his initials, is this, is this as far bad? as I know. Yeah, yeah I, I like, know a few what's... people. Mine's on my back. It's fine. You're like, what? yeah, like is this not supposed to be there? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's fine. Just um, a few women you've branded. Carl, let everybody know where they can send you respectful messages <laughs> tasteful dick pics tasteful he's asking for yes i mean i appreciate all the love and support but yeah you can find me on instagram carl radke yeah. r-a-d-k-e honestly if you want to find more about loverboy which is my you know full-time job drinkloverboy.com and it's delicious. yeah i mean summer summer house is on thursday nights at nine season five has been one for the, the ages, best. No it's, doubt about it's, it. it's, it's has been the best season, even though it's probably been your toughest journey, but I will say the show just gets better and better. And, you know, again, well, thank Carl, you. thank you so much for answering all our questions. So honestly, of and course. so openly, it, it, I know it took a lot out of you and really appreciate it. And for you no, all thanks. out there, you can follow me at Carpe Darren, follow Liz at listen to Liz. And of course, rate review, subscribe to our podcast and follow it at S I A T podcast. Carl, thank you so much for scissoring. You're a dream. Today. Thank you. Best scissor sesh. <laughs> thank you. This is fun. I appreciate it. Scissoring isn't a thing is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. The show is edited by Maureen Begas. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SIAT Podcast. See you next Tuesday.